Okay, I think I've worked it out. Um, the annoying thing here is that I couldn't do it on my laptop. I can only do it um, by mobile. So thank you, Kyla, actually, for that link. I didn't even um, realize that. So add viewers to be in your podcast. A podcast. You know what I'm talking about. There we go. All right, has that worked? Okay, so Kyla, it says that um, I can add a whole lot of other people who have video capability. Are you on your laptop? Because I'm wondering, it looks like we can only be on our phone to do it this way. So that might um, may be the issue, assuming that Debbie and Katrina, you're both on your lap uh, phones as opposed to laptops. It looks like our split sheet, split screen can only be done that way. Ah, uh, um, I think you can only do it via phone. Um, that's how I'm doing it now instead of laptop. With all my doubled up screens. Oh no! <laughs> okay, thanks Debbie, that makes a whole lot of sense. All right, next plan. Okay. Okay, yeah, maybe if you could please install it and we'll try that. Thanks, Katrina. All right, shall I sing or dance in the meantime? <laughs> um, so what I could actually do, I might, I hope you don't mind, um, Kyla, I'll give a quick introduction as to um, your background and what we're going to have a chat about. Uh, and then um, when you come through, uh, we'll have a proper discussion. So we're finally kind of nearly there. Um, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm extremely excited uh, to be joined here by Kyla Colbin, who's the co-founder and CEO of BOMA New Zealand. Um, <laughs> thanks, Kyla. So to give you an idea of what BOMA is, it's part of a global network uh, supporting business leaders, politicians, educators, um, entrepreneurs, young people and change makers to navigate our rapidly changing world so that we can be more intentional and intelligent about the future that we are creating. Uh, that being said, uh, I can proudly say that Farming Mums NZ is a media partner for the upcoming Grow 2009 BOMA New Zealand Agri Summit in um, Christchurch's Horncastle Arena. So fantastic venue, um, fantastic lineup so far, and the lineup's growing still. And what I also wanted to say is that um, we have a special code for Farming Mums um, to give you $250 off. Uh, tickets because we want you to go there it's really important that you do um, and also I'd love to see you guys there um, it'll be really fantastic to have to have a whole um, 
upskilling and learning and finding out about all these new different uh, things that's happening in our um, primary industries right now. So yeah, it's a, I'll give you a bit more information about the conference. It's a two day event um, and it's designed to help New Zealand's uh, primary sector to just be a bit more um, innovative, innovative, sustainable, collaborative, which is a massive, um, collaborative is a word that when I did the Keller course through Lincoln University that um, almost everyone used in their, in their presentation. Collaboration in the industry is really um, hard to come by. <laughs> Hi, Kyla. <laughs> there we go. Hi. So you? sorry about the delays. I had no <laughs> idea it was mobile. And that link you sent me had mobile written on it. So that was very handy. It worked. It worked. We're here. Yeah, we got there in the end. <laughs> so um, I've given a little bit of a run through as to what Bowman New Zealand is and what this conference is going to be about in April. Um, and yeah, I suppose I'll introduce you now. Um, I, I've seen you speak before and so has my husband at different times and it was quite funny because he texts me at the time saying, there's this woman here you've got to hear speak. And I asked the name and, and it was you in the end anyway. I know, <laughs> we were so in tune sometimes. Um, awesome. So what you have done, and I love seeing the list of what you've been involved with because it spans quite a few different um, topics and it makes me feel a little bit better about um, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm up to at the moment. Um, but yeah, to give your members a quick rundown, uh, you spearheaded the hugely successful Singularity University in New Zealand and Australia summits, introducing more than two and a half thousand people to exponential technologies and their impact on humanity. And I've heard about Sing Singularity University um, from a friend, actually, Graham, Graham and Giselle, you're there somewhere. Um, so you're also a co-founder of the nonprofit Ministry of Awesome in Christchurch, of which I have pitched at and really enjoyed. And you're, that's the, yeah, so to get, yeah, that's the starting point for um, early stage entrepreneurs in Christchurch. Uh, the oh, we have to read this. The curator and licensee for TEDx Christchurch in New Zealand and TEDx Scott Base in Antarctica, which just getting to Antarctica is a huge goal in life. And TED TEDx talks are. Um, fantastic. For those of you who don't know, I think it's sort of 20 minutes and under, uh, sort of a really inspirational um, yeah. chat by just lots of different people. So you're also the chair of the New York-based culinary school, Natural Gourmet Institute, the deputy chair of core education, and deputy chair of Christchurch, NZ. Hello. That's good. <laughs> Hi, good to see you. I'm so glad we sorted out the tech. I know, I was sweating for a little minute there. <laughs> All good. When I was doing a lot of work with Singularity University on exponential technologies, they would always say, AI is easy, AV is hard. Yeah, yeah, it's, at least AI kind of, you know, thinks for itself. <laughs> All right, so I've got, a, um, I've got a few questions here that we have worked through. My first question to you is, who did you co-found uh, BOMA with and why? Yeah, so there are four of us who co-founded BOMA. So BOMA, first of all, it's a global entity. Um, it's a global network of local partners. So there are four of us who co-founded the global entity. That's myself. It's my kind of counterpart in Germany. So the guy who runs TEDx Berlin and who brought Singularity University to Germany. It's my counterpart in France. Uh, and then our fourth partner is based in New York, and she's a lady called Laura Stein, who created the entire TEDx program at TED and then left TED to join Singularity University and lead their global expansion. 
And basically the four of us got together and we've been working in this space for quite a while of looking at innovation and what's new and what's coming and, you know, what the future will hold. Um, and by the way, like, thank you for having me, first of all. And thank, thanks to all the farming moms tuning in. And I don't know if you can hear the, like, child squealing right outside the door here. Um, but I feel like I was so happy this was an interview with a mums group because I was like scrambling to like get dinner ready, throw it on the table. I would like eat really quickly. I was like, I've got three minutes to eat and then I got to jump on this call. So I was like, surely everyone in this group will be able to relate to this. So um, yeah, anyway, if you hear the squealing, that's what's going on. So um, yeah, so we're, so we're doing all this work about the future and where we're heading. And, uh, and we, we realized that we'd been doing a lot of stuff about, oh my gosh, this stuff is coming at you. And we had done very little about, well, so what, you know, and now what, what do we do about it? And so uh, we formed BOMA to really um, start to kind of drive towards answers to that question, uh, to, to be able to be more intentional and intelligent about the future. That's really BOMA's purpose. So, um, so when we launched, you know, I've got BOMA New Zealand and my German partner's BOMA Germany. My French partner has BOMA France. And um, Lara's job uh, is growing the global network. So now we have um, MOUs with China, South Africa, Brazil, Poland, Japan, a whole bunch of others. Well, that is brilliant. Yeah, I, um, I wasn't entirely aware of it. I'd heard of the other things and now I'm quite thrilled. And I saw your executive programs and all the things that you guys are up to. And I'm quite excited, actually. Um, yeah, the executive program is something we're super proud of because, um, you know, I've done a, a whole bunch of, uh, of, you know, continuing leadership kind of stuff. Um, and really what this program is looking to do is say, what is the future that we that you want? And who do you need to be as a leader in order to create that future? So, yeah, it's a it's a fun three days. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on another side of things, when you were four years old, your mother founded a cooking school in New York, um, the Natural Gourmet Institute. So being that, how did that shape your relationship with food and where it comes from? Well, so so the cooking school that my mother founded, of which I'm chair, um, and which is going through a huge transition right now, we've just sold all of our um, curriculum to another school called the Institute for Culinary Education, and we're closing our school after 41, for almost 42 years. Um, so it's quite a big, quite a big transition. Um, but uh, essentially what happened was I grew up from a young child uh, with a mom who gave me, you know, tofu and rice wrapped in seaweed for lunch to go to school with. Um, and I hated it. I hated all of it. I didn't want any of it. I just wanted her to feed me peanut butter and jelly on white bread. And, you know, why do you have to be the worst mom ever? And how come I can't just be normal like all the other kids? Um, and so I would sneak food like crazy. I used to go and like, you know, I'd buy a thing of ice cream and I'd eat it all because I couldn't take it home. Um, I wasn't allowed or, you know, we had the, I, I grew up in New York City and um, I, we lived in an apartment building and, it, you know, New York is very, very, very different to New Zealand. So all the washing machines for your clothes washing were all together in the basement. You didn't have a washing machine in your own uh, apartment. And so, but down in the basement where the washing machines were, they also had a vending machine that sold candy <laughs> and I'd go down and eat the candy from the vending machine. So I was terrible as a child and I lied to my mom about it all the time. I told her, you know, oh yeah, I ate your, I ate your, uh, you know, your, your, tofu, whatever. And, um, and I wouldn't eat it. It was awful. Um, but I will <laughs> say, and for every mom out there who's like, you know, concerned about what their kids are eating and like trying to get their kids to eat right and worried that, you know, they're, they're just eating nothing but sugar or whatever, that even though I strayed so dramatically as a child and growing up, 
um, that influence of my mom's cooking stuck with me. And then once I became an adult, I was like, this is the best food ever. And it's the only food I ever want. And I wish my mom was here now to cook this for me and to give me this kind of food. So, um, so now I have this deep, deep love for food and this love for where it comes from. Um, our principles at the cooking school are that good food should be whole, organic, traditional, um, balanced, fresh, and delicious. So, um, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big, I like to, I'm not a great cook, but I like to say I'm an ET, not a foodie. <laughs> and I think there's a lot to say about uh, some natural childhood rebellion there of, you know, always wanting the opposite of what you've got for a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. As a parent, yeah. you just have to play the long game, right? Just like keep with it, keep with it, even though your kid's just completely doing what you don't want them to do. Yeah. Yep. Story of my life. Absolutely. So um, many of our members are mothers living in rural loca locations across New Zealand and many um, of them have incredible skills that they've picked up, uh, you know, from that, from school time uh, in their family before having kids. They're really excellent transferable skills that could be applied to what's going on in New Zealand's primary industries right now. Um, it's, it's a real passion of mine to get them to recognize these skills and that they are incredibly skilled and they have their own personality traits and, you know, um, things that they're really good at. How can we encourage them to get excited and find out more about um, what's happening uh, in these spaces and get, get more familiar with terms such as exponential technology? Because if I hadn't um, gone through the different pathways and courses and continued growth, I would never have known about any of these things. So I really want to encourage people to find out and be interested and excited to find out more. What would yeah. you, you know, how would you encourage people to get excited and especially our women? Yeah. Well, so I, it remind when you say that, it reminds me of, remember that movie, my big fat Greek wedding. And there was a, one of the late, like the, the, the auntie or something, she, or the mom, maybe she said, um, the men, they may be the head of the family, but the woman is the neck and the neck can turn the head whichever way she wants. So I always think of that, right? And, and another thing I would say is that, I, so I, I am um, a stepmom. I've got um, three wonderful stepchildren, uh, 11, nine and five. And um, so I became, you know, I went from nothing to three kids kind of overnight. It was, it was quite a quite a abrupt transition. And one of the things that happened when I became a stepmom was I had this, epiphany which seems so dumb to every one of your viewers you'll be like well duh but I was like oh my god the logistics involved with this like the the volume of tracking that you have to do where have the socks gone like it's just it was just so unbelievable to me and I was really I got to a point and you know this isn't true because it would be illegal but I got to a point where I was like I'm only going to hire moms from here on out because, man, if they can juggle this, they can juggle pretty much anything. And so the one thing I would say is that, like, a lot of stuff that we're talking about, there is no limit to people continuing to um, to increase their information, to continuing to learn. Um, there is so much available for free. YouTube is actually the biggest online education platform in the world. Um, and really what it becomes about is kind of curating your feed and curating your attention and, you know, making the choice to tune into things that are um, – 
that are that are kind of in, in, improving your thinking. Um, and you know, obviously, you mentioned our our Agri Summit that we're running. We would love to see all the farming moms come along. We've given you a code to make it easier for them to get there. Um, but really, just come on. It, it will be such a welcome place. And you know, we just I, I just feel that um, women have so much to offer and need to be heard from more and more and more. Yeah, and I think that once they start to hear about it, it's like a snowball. It'll roll and it'll increase and they'll get more curious and they'll bring their husband along and they'll start to influence people around them as well. And I think it's just, yeah, getting that first snowball pushed off. And it's funny how you said about the things that mothers then all of a sudden have to think about. And what I've heard from employers or people that I've worked with in the past is that they've said, we like to hire mums because if they're given, you know, they can do as much in six hours as the regular staff can do in 12 hours. And yeah. I know that I work fast because yeah. I've got from like 9.30 till 2.45 to get all my work done and then I'm out. So yeah. it's amazing what you can stuff into a day when you've got such incredible time limits on you that can't be changed. Well, it's like as soon as you become a mom, you're like, oh, I only have 20 seconds to go to the toilet now. I better speed everything. Mm -hmm. And like everything in your life gets sped up. So yeah, you have to get more efficient with stuff. It is amazing what you can achieve. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point yeah. out as well to anyone watching, oh, sorry, anyone watching, feel free to ask any um, questions in the comments. Yeah, cool. Sorry, sorry. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that, you know, for any, one of the things that, um, that happens is that a phrase like exponential technology a can be scary, but B, it can sound like it's if you're not a technology person, it's not for you. You know, if you're not like a computer programmer or whatever, it's not for you. That's completely not the case. The stuff that we're dealing with, is, I am not a coder. I am not a, a web developer. I'm not an IT person. Um, I, I'm just interested in how technology is kind of shaping our world. Um, and not only technology, but also you know, politics and also climate change. And these are all things that are that affect every single one of us. And so one of the things that we're really aiming to do is um, provide information in an accessible and almost entertaining way, but a meaningful way so that people can start to understand, oh, this is actually what it means for me. And this is what I can take away from it and what I can do about it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's I think, what's really needed rather than those daunting big words at times, but it actually, it's broken down so much simply so um for the conference there are or the summit there are four key themes um disruption which is talking about emerging technologies and ideas with the potential to disrupt the status quo transformation about how technology is transforming the food and fiber sector kai oh, i was meant to look up this word to spell say it perfectly uh kai tikitanga kai kai tikitanga awesome kai tikitanga and I start my today course this month, so I'll improve on this in the future. Um, <laughs> sustainable practices for today and tomorrow, which we did actually talk a lot about in the Kellogg course as well. And adaptation, which is new products and new business models for the changing face of the market, which mm -hmm. is quite exciting. And I break it down to when I think about business models and things, I actually take it right down to sort of dairy farming and sheep and beef farming about past um, employment and business models and how I'm um, working with the Millennium Farming Project. It was people should be at the core of that. So mm -hmm. it's all these different things that in farming, it's been one level for so long and we now need to lift it quite quickly. And then yeah. the fifth kind of theme is action, which overrides um, the last four that I spoke about. Yeah. So absolutely. how important is it that, yeah, how important is it that farmers at the, at the grassroots level are up to date about what's going on um, outside the farm game? 
Oh, it, it's it's essential. It's it's kind of a non-negotiable. I mean, what happens is that if you're not paying attention to what's happening outside the farm gate, you'll go along perfectly happy, and then one day the market will collapse, and you'll be going, "What just happened?" Right. But if you're paying attention, then you can adapt in real time and you can decide which, how you want to respond and which way you want to go in order to continue to thrive. Um, so, you know, one of the things when I first got involved with, um, we've used this phrase a couple of times, exponential technologies, right? So just to, so your viewers understand, these are technologies where um, what we call the price performance is doubling on a consistent basis. So by price performance, I mean, like with computers, how many instructions can you buy for $1,000 or you know, how much does it cost to sequence the human genome? Uh, or, you know, basically how much performance can you get for a fixed price or how much is price coming down for a fixed level of performance? Um, so, uh, so one of the things that happened when I started learning about this stuff was I realized that, oh my gosh, it affects absolutely everything. It affects um, our government, it affects our economy, it affects our education system, but it absolutely affects our primary sector, right? So we're dealing with, um, with advancing technologies such as um, lab-grown meat, such as vertical farming, which is only possible now because of the exponential progression in things like LED lighting and the other technology that you need to make that stuff viable. Um, we're dealing with um, exponential technology affecting the way that we farm, so things like autonomous tractors or satellite imagery. Um, but we're also dealing with, you know, we had that other theme, adaptation. We're also dealing with changing customer expectations. So now we've got models where instead of, you know, going through a supply chain where it's grown from a farmer and picked up from the gate and taken to a, an abattoir and taken to a processor and put on a ship and sent to the other side, whatever, now we're dealing with um, new models like um, the wild, uh, wild lamb, W-Y-L-D, lamb in Canterbury, where they are on a subscription model and you can only buy their lamb three times a year and the lamb is shot in the wild and the, it's the only time it sees a human, like it's born and it basically runs in the hills and then it gets shot in the wild and you can only get it for Christmas, Easter and uh, spring, I think. So it, it's a totally new way of thinking about it, right? So it, it, this is like for an ordinary consumer, instead of just going to the supermarket and buying it wrapped in plastic, you go, oh, I'm going to order my wild lamb because it's that time of year. Um, mm. So all of these things are kind of coming together. And then, of course, we've got pressures, climate change affecting us, not only in terms of changing weather patterns, which obviously affect every farm in the world, but also in terms of changing kind of social license, right? Like how, you know, if we've got, yeah. if we've got regulation coming down to help us deal with climate change, that's obviously a big thing. So all these vectors come together um, to create this kind of intensely challenging environment. And I know it's hugely challenging for farmers out there, right? It's just, it's, it's incredibly difficult. And so really what we're trying to do is say, okay, how can we start to, to um, better understand all these vectors and better understand the, what's driving them so that we can be better equipped to take action, to cope with them and to um, head into the future. Yeah, and I think it's really easy um, to do what's always been done because the market's there, because you're gonna get paid. But I really love to see those value add stories when all of a sudden someone goes, you know, there's, I see a problem, I see something missing, what can I do to fill that and fix that? And that's like yeah. you've said about wild lamb. It's it's not going to be for everyone, but there's a market for it. And when you create, when you start feeding that market, word gets out and the market grows. And so often we're um, we're at risk of not listening to the end consumer. We're listening to what uh, our um, abattoirs and people are saying that they want, but we're not actually finding out what the consumer wants right down the other end. And as farmers, that's yeah. not 
um, usually what you need to do. You're, you're fulfilling a market, but what consumers are wanting is changing so rapidly and we really need to be able to adapt. And I shouldn't, shouldn't say this, but I'm, you know, thinking about things like alternative proteins and stuff that is very controversial and it has been in the group before, but what people need to realize is that it doesn't change. It, it changes New Zealand's farming, but it doesn't get rid of it. And see, we've got cropping farmers and we've got dairy farms that are set up that would be perfect for cropping. And for years and years and years, New Zealand started off as sheep farming. Then we went to sheep and beef and then we went to dairy. You know, it, it's nothing ever stays the same and it shouldn't yeah. have to. And I think that's what's so exciting because, yeah. you know, there is the ability to change and do different things. Yeah, you're so right. <laughs> well, you're, you're so right, you know, and, and so often we think that just because things are the way they are, they're going to continue the way they are, right? So, you know, we think, oh, just because our, our economy is kind of um, largely built on dairy, it's going to continue that way and the demand for dairy will continue kind of forever. But of course, um, Kodak was the company that invented yeah. the digital camera and they were like, it's never going to, it's never going to affect our business. So they kind of ignored it. Um, um, Nokia was like the biggest company in the world uh, until this until mm -hmm. smartphones came out and you know they would have thought oh yeah we're gonna stay on top and ride this wave you know for decades to come so it is it is very easy to get caught out if you're not paying attention to these things that are coming our way but like you say it is absolutely possible to adapt and to kind of stay up with the changing market. And that's really uh, what, we're, what we're looking to kind of encourage. One, two things that, that I think are relevant to, to the comment you just made. One is that um, one of our, we have a speaker from Amazon who's gonna be talking about working from the customer backwards, how they do that at Amazon. So mm -hmm. um, to exactly your point about making sure that we really have the, customer, uh, the customer's voice in mind. Um, and then the second thing is uh, something else that I forgot because I see a question from Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um okay well we'll pop to christina uh katrina's question um a little bit katrina is um involved with dairy farming in southland so um yeah thoughts on the never-ending introduction of new compliance and now central government's new tax proposal yeah cgt and fertilizer tax and things yeah yeah yeah, well, I, I mean, I think, so first of all, I'm definitely not an expert on government. Thank you, Katrina. I'm not an expert on government tax policy in any way. Um, what I will say is that um, my observation is that these things often happen, um, again, without the customer in, customer in mind, imagining that you are the customer and the government is kind of not selling to you, but serving you, right? And so the government's trying to kind of manage these competing interests the interest of, you know, uh, um, having a fair tax system, the interest of not letting, you know, overseas investors drive up property prices so that um, who, who don't live here so that they can just make a ton of money off a housing bubble while the rest of us can't afford to, you know, buy property or, or own a home. Um, so there's, so, you know, there, there are things that are driving these things. And I think what really rarely happens is that someone in government says, okay, so if we introduce a capital gains tax, let's take a step back and let's take a, 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 a farmer, uh, a, a fictional farmer, and let's look at this person and say, okay, what is the totality of regulations that this person is dealing with? What is the totality of the taxes that this person is dealing with? And how does this particular thing fit into that entire picture? You know, usually it's just, they just deal with one kind of individual tax at a time. And so mm -hmm. I think that is something that, um, that would be a really 
you know, profound and important shift in government. I actually know some people in government who are working to do this, who are working to build government systems, not around individual government departments, but around life events for people so that, you know, as soon as you have a baby, you have to deal with all sorts of different departments. If you ever go on the benefit, you have to deal with all sorts of different departments in order to get stuff done. Um, and, and excuse me, with this group, they're called the Service Innovation Lab. They're government funded, but they sit outside of all the departments. And their job is to go, okay, when you have a baby, what are all the things you need? And can you, we make it so you have a single interface to deal with all of that. So you're not having to work it all out on your own. And if they did the same with the tax code and with uh, regulation and compliance, then I think we could achieve the same or better results in a much less painful way for people. Collaboration. <laughs> a word that comes up so many times. Yeah. I remember the other thing I was going to say, which is that we also have um, a speaker, um, Con Williams from my farm. Um, so this is to your point again about how we were sheep and then sheep and beef and then dairy. Um, so uh, he's going to be talking about what they're looking at from an investment perspective, where they see the returns coming from uh, in the future. That would be really exciting. Um, just things like uh, the introduction of hemp um, and all the uses for it and things like the golden peas that they use in sun-fed chicken, but that's imported from Canada. You know, there's so many things out there right now. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It, you have to have a really open mind and open attitude towards these kinds of things. And I think that's tricky for some, but I also think that there's always going to be a market for what we have to a point. So the ones who really aren't interested in these new trends will, will be fine for a while, but it's exciting mm -hmm. for the ones that do want to adapt like, the world is your oyster. It's going to get so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Cool. So just about wrapped up. Um, the last question I had was, uh, it was around, you and I would both love to see more farming mums um, at the summit. What would be your key selling point? What's your, get them across the line? Uh, okay. So first of all, um, this event is for everyone, right? You so you're absolutely super, super welcome there. We'd also welcome you to bring your kids, um, and we're happy to make you know if you've got littleies, little little littleies, we're happy to make nursing rooms available um, and to make sure that you're super comfortable and welcome there. Um, it is an event where um, the talks are not. Um, they're not intended for a specific piece of the sector. So it's not, you know, there aren't talks that are specifically about, um, you know, if you are farming wheat, here is a thing that you need to know about wheat farming. There are um, talks that are really, where they do talk about something specific, they're talking about how that then applies to the rest of the sector. So um, we're really thinking about principal stuff. And as you say, we have that fifth, um, theme, which is action, which sits across all of it. So we've really designed it so that coming away from it, you will absolutely have like, here's, the, here's what I'm going to do from here. I'm stoked to take action on it. I can, I absolutely am empowered to kind of do, uh, follow through with next steps. Um, so you won't have that feeling where you come away and you go, oh my gosh, I, I, that was so crazy. And now I don't know what to do. Um, you'll feel good at the end of it. So come along. I like what you said about the action because so often you can come away from a conference or something all amped up and excited and inspired and then it it just sort of floats away when life takes over again so having those action points and you know that follow-up will be really fantastic i mean to katrina uh, it's the 10th and 11th of april isn't it yeah yep yeah. horn castle arena yeah yeah we actually work Plan with, on seeing um, you there, katrina 
Um, so we have a colleague, his name's Steve Gargiulo. Um, he's he's uh, from the States and um, his whole work is about the science of action. He's written a book called Action Surge. Um, and so we work with him to use his methodology and we'll be using it at the summit as well. Excellent, excellent. It sounds fantastic. The more I hear, the more I'm excited about what's happening. I still don't even know what I'm doing with the kids, but as far as I'm aware, um, it'll come together. <laughs> and I do what you've loved, what you've done with the nursery. I've only ever been to one other conference that's done that. And there were so many people, all the women could attend <laughs> because yeah. we weren't held up. So that's really special. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, so thank you very much for joining us. Um, really, you. really appreciate your time. And I kind of feel like I could sit and chat to you for hours. So that's why I had my strict list of questions so I didn't get too I'm crazy. Sure, I'm <laughs> sure we will. I'm sure we will. We'll sit over a glass of wine at Horncastle Arena and, uh, yeah, and talk for, talk for a day or two. Excellent. That sounds like a deal. All right, thank you again. And um, I will make sure that this uh, is put onto the Farming Mums podcast page hopefully on LinkedIn and wherever else um, I can put it because I think there's a lot of fantastic information. Thank you very awesome. much again. Thanks, Have a good night. See ya.